welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here. We have a very special show tonight, a very special guest you'll meet in just a moment. We're going to be talking about the state of public education. We're going to be talking about men in women's sports, trans women, which really means a man uh, masquerading as a woman, but males known for their, uh, in general, greater upper body strength, not only competing alongside females, but females getting injured, and yet woke left-wing ideologues are okay with that. They're okay with an unfair playing field. They're okay with girls getting injured because their worldview and their ideology means more than the education and the well-being of young people. But I'm going to begin by reading a scripture, and then I'll bring on our guest. This is Truth and Liberty. We're so honored that you're watching tonight, a very important program. I'm going to give the number, and then I'm going to read a scripture. And the number will take calls. We want your participation, and we'll pick up the phone in just a few moments. That number is 719-619-2341. But let me begin by reading from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. And Israel was suffering culturally because of their disobedience to God spiritually. You see, spiritual and philosophical moral decisions have consequences. Let me read what God's message was to Israel at a time of unbelief, sin, and deviancy. And see if you find any parallels between this and our modern world. But Jeremiah 2 says this, Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, says the Lord, and plead with your children's children, I will plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim and see and send unto Kedar, consider diligently if there be such a thing. In other words, look all across the landscape and see if you understand this. Has a nation changed their gods to those which are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, says God, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns or broken vessels that can hold no water. All right, let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, God is saying, oh my goodness, the heavens themselves would be astonished that the people would do this. Why would you turn away from God, the foundation of life, to things that bring death? Why would you turn away from truth to lies? Why would you turn away from things that profit and bring blessing and favor? Like our nation, America, for 250 years, living by the Word of God, moral truth, 
pulpits that would proclaim righteousness, classrooms where generations of young people would learn truth, the family, that wonderful, sacred sanctuary of mother and dad and the home. Why would we abandon life and blessing and truth for sin, death, falsehood, and destruction? Just like God would warn ancient Israel, why would you do this? Well, God, I believe, is warning us today. Why don't we come back to the foundation of not only blessing, but reality itself, God and His Word? Well, someone who I've always enjoyed talking with, always learn things, get great insights from Sherry Few. U.S. Parents Involved in Education. That's her organization. She's, in my opinion, got her finger on the pulse of where the culture is, especially as it relates to the problems. And there are problems with public education. You'll have a chance later on in the program to uh, ask questions, interact with Sherry. We're so honored always to have her on Truth and Liberty. And tonight, again, making time to be with us. Sherry, thank you very much for, for joining us again on the program. Thank you, Alex. I love your show, and I really appreciate you having me on again. Well, I, I appreciate you because uh, for a lot of reasons, you say things that need to be said that I think a lot of people are, are perhaps thinking, but maybe don't have the courage or the platform as you do to say these things. And I want to get into a lot of very relevant topics, but tell us about uh, U.S. Parents Involved in Education. Tell us about your organization, please. Okay, so United States Parents Involved in Education is a nonprofit organization. We've been around for about seven years. It started out in my home state of South Carolina as South Carolina Parents Involved in Education. And we expanded nationally after the fight against the Common Core Standards that took place in every state across the country. So other leaders like myself collaborated and formed the national organization. And we claimed our mission to be to end the U.S. Department of Education and all federal education mandates, because we understand that that's where the majority of the nefarious pedagogy originates and it's incentivized with federal funding. So that's our mission. We have uh, over 20 state chapters and we're active, um, you know, protecting children and our country's freedom. Well, we really are because like different people have said, I think it's been attributed to Abraham Lincoln, that the philosophy in the classroom of one generation will be the life and the practice in the public square of the next generation. Uh, Jerry, do you, do you believe that part of the problems with our country today are due to now decades of just anti-American, anti-morality, anti-reality teaching that's gone on in taxpayer-funded public school classrooms? Absolutely. I can tell you with all veracity that I've studied education policy for more than 20 years, and I've seen it go from problematic and uh, sort of like a, the frog in the water into what it is today. So 20 years later, it's in your face. It is so outrageous uh, how much indoctrination is happening in government schools. So children are being lied to. 
quite frankly, they're, they're being lied to about their biological sex. They're being lied to um, about the, the fact that they can, you know, have different sexual relationships outside of marriage. And, you know, that's been going on for some time, but it has really gotten over the top. And now it's, as you suggested, it's anti-American. It's uh, inaccurate history. That's where the lies come in. Um, and also, you know, anti-Christian and, and Marxism. So, so Marxism is, you know, the, that and the transgender uh, philosophy are the two latest things that have probably been taught um, under the radar for some time, but we just became aware of it uh, through the COVID um, era where children were at home, forced to be at home, learning off of their Chromebooks and parents were home with them and able to see what their children were learning. So the diversity, equity, and inclusion philosophy has been embedded in every school at every grade level, and that's the Marxist theory. So that's why I talk about our organization not only protecting children, but our country's freedom. Because ultimately, if we don't stop the indoctrination of children in government and schools, we will lose our freedom. And we're seeing that played out in the public square today. Well, I completely agree. And folks, um, look, I don't want to be too much doom and gloom because I know God answers prayer. And throughout history, God has revived prodigal nations. But I will say this uh, from a human standpoint, especially after the, the Tuesday elections, I am gravely concerned about this nation. Um, I, I want to talk about transgenderism and that ideology being forced on young people. But for a moment, Sherry, let, let's just talk about um, Ohio. All right. Now, and there are going to be legal challenges to this. But Tuesday in Ohio, they voted to remove legal protection for the unborn and put it in their state constitution. There's a, a unrestricted abortion uh, as part of the Ohio State Constitution. Now, the, the problem is that that um, goes against the U.S. Constitution that says all human beings are guaranteed the right to life. But here's my question for you, Sherry. We've, since Tuesday, talked with a number of people from Ohio who said there really wasn't a lot of voter turnout. There, there were some churches and pastors and citizens calling out people, vote, we've got to stand for life. Uh, but largely, there was apathy and unengagement from people that could have made a difference, pastors, Christian leaders. Um, what does that say to you about our culture at large? I mean, are we, do, do you ever fear that we're just going to let America completely implode because, uh, Getting involved just was inconvenient. Well, I think it is very sad, uh, the election results from Ohio. Um, I, I believe that part of the problem is I think a lot of churches don't talk about what's happening in the culture. They, um, they think that, you know, we need to separate politics and keep it out of the church because we might offend someone. And, you know, I think that they should play a bigger role. I think that pastors should be encouraging um, their congregations to be active, to get involved, to, to be grassroots Christian soldiers 
and and that's what we need and and you know that's what our organization is trying to build with the state chapters that we're doing is what we call boots on the ground we have to have a grassroots groundswell and if the pastors and churches would become more active we would be more successful in these kinds of battles that we face obviously the outcome of the ohio um election you know, it was a battle of, of good and evil. It was a spiritual yeah, battle. Absolutely. We know that. And so we have to be engaged. We have to have on our full armor and we have to um, be there to make a difference, to save our country and to save lives in this case. Yeah. Um, well, and, and exert influence. And, you know, it's been said, it's been attributed to Billy Graham that courage is contagious. You know, my, my friend, the late Chuck Colson, um, I, I'm sure you knew of Chuck Colson. Did, did you know Dr. Colson or work at all with him, Sherry? I didn't know him personally, but I certainly knew of him, loved his testimony. Uh, um, I think in our church early on, I was involved with the, the Christmas project for the prisoners that he started. Yeah. So he was a great man. He, he was a great man. And, you, you know, he talked a lot. and We had him speak many times in our conferences. But he talked about church congregations and groups of conservative Christian friends being little platoons, quote unquote. And I believe he was quoting Abraham Kuyper, the Dutch theologian who talked about, you know, God and country. But, you know, when we have like your wonderful organization uh, mobilizing and organizing people. Truth and Liberty, of course, has a growing constituency base. Karis Bible College, I'm on the road speaking. Um, you know, we use the term, like Chuck Colson did, little platoons, because we are most certainly in a battle. Folks, if you don't think we're in a battle for your freedom and the future of our country, if you don't think we're in a battle, uh, please believe us, uh, there's a, a spiritual war going on. And um, the surest way to lose a, a battle is to not recognize that you're in a battle. Now, let's talk about moms and dads, because, Sherry, um, education is so important. Kids are so impressionable. And I, I, my blood boils. And, Liz, I, I, I've got a long line of educators, my mother, my aunts, my sister, my sister-in-law, a lot of people in our family have taught in this public school classroom in years past. And yet, when I hear what's going on, that is just very, at best, it's erroneous. And at worst, it's unspeakably immoral uh, and treasonous against our country, blasphemous mm -hmm. against God. What the public school has become is, is heartbreaking. So, so speak to parents and leaders about that, and what is your recommendation for adults that have influence over the lives of young people? Well, first of all, again, I've studied education policy for more than 20 years, and all of my children went to government schools. They're in their mid-30s now, and, you know, I, I wish that I had made different choices um, I think it certainly affected my children, but today it is far, far worse. And we don't recommend any parent have their child in the government schools. It, it is definitely um, an evil place. And, you know, they spend more waking hours probably in school than they do at home. They have a huge influence over children. Children um, in Christian homes 
are taught to respect authority and, and, and their elders. And, you know, what the elders and the authority in the classroom are teaching them are things that don't align with God's word or what families are teaching their children. So it's it's gotten so bad that, you know, when we talk about the transgender philosophy, very young children are being uh, taught to think that they could be something the opposite of their biological sex. And this is very damaging to young children. It's often done behind parents' backs. They believe if they tell the parent, then the parent's going to uh, punish the child or somehow harm them because they don't agree with it. And so then they try to groom the child without parental consent. And we're talking about very young children. There are lots and lots of cases that are being tried in the courts about this happening. So, you know, and when you use the word um, a moment ago, that it's treasonous, that really uh, rang true to me because that's the word I've been thinking of so much in relationship to the colleges and universities and even high schools students that have been um, holding protests in favor of Hamas. Of course. Is it not treason to support uh, terrorists who want America dead? Death to America is what Hamas chants. And yet high school students and college students are being allowed. and, And I know we have to grapple with the free speech part of this, but if it's if it's anti-American, if they're supporting um, terrorists that want us dead, then I think the professors and the colleges and universities, the high schools should be held, held accountable. I think it's it is akin to treason. And, and I really believe that we ought to cut off all funding uh, to those schools yeah. who would allow this to happen or be a part of it. And, 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 and they are a part of it. I mean, if I could bring one other example. We also learned this week about the trans shooter manifesto that came out. So this girl who thought she was a boy wrote all of these horrible things, which has been censored for months, by the way. And they accuse us of wanting to censor for keeping pornography out of schools. And yet they have totally censored this manifesto. And it points to the white privilege and the critical race theory and all of the very negative things they're putting in the minds of children. And she well, thought Christians yeah. were the enemy, so she went and shot up Christian teachers and children. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I knew that the sad thing about it, um, when, when that shooting happened there in Tennessee back in the spring of 23, very early in 23, I knew, uh, as sad as it was, that, you know, the, the bodies of the victims were, were lying on the ground. And I thought... The left will spin this. Of course, the shooter will be the victim. People, you know, and they they tried to squelch that the shooter was transgender. And then, do, do you remember they said, "Well, yeah, this is because of the the pressure put on transgender people by the cisgender cis." That's the Latin for same. So those of us that are straight, normal adults, I, I was born a male. I am a male. They would fault me as being cisgender. But, you know, folks, you've got to understand this blame, blame the perpetrator, you know, uh, I'm sorry, blame the victim, blame the victim and exonerate the perpetrator. That's part of this critical theory and this attempted turning upside down of the culture. 
Uh, Sherry, as you and I are doing this program in Alabama, Smith's Station, Alabama, there was a man that was a pastor of First Baptist Church and a mayor. Did you see the story? F.L. Bubba Copeland, I think his name was. And, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. I, you know, a, a, a mayor or a pastor of a First Baptist Church that would call himself Bubba, um, that's, you know, not exactly professional. But turns out this guy had an online uh, alter ego of a trans woman, would dress in women's clothes and um, called himself some, you know, inappropriate name. So here's a guy leading a double life. He's a pastor. He's a mayor. But he's got this sexually explicit social media personality. Well, it all came out. What an embarrassment. So Sadly, very sadly, he killed himself. All right, th there's articles all over the net today saying it's the fault of uh, this newspaper that outed him. In other words, by shaming his transgenderism and sexual deviancy, that's what caused him to kill himself. Here's my point. Sherry, wouldn't you agree that we have to stand for moral truth and righteousness, even at the risk of being disliked or being uh, criticized. Listen, we're all accountable to God. I'm sorry that man took his life. That's tragic, horribly tragic. And I think about the, the, the high body count of broken hearts he leaves behind. But he is answerable to God for his own sin. And we don't fault the voices of righteousness that call out sin. But that story is just one of a dozen we could point to that show how upside down our culture has gotten, hasn't it, Sherry? Yes, and I agree with you. We have to stand for truth and righteousness uh, despite being attacked by others. And, you know, the Bible clearly tells us that this will happen uh, if we stand for truth and righteousness. And we know that our example is Christ and, and you know, he, he, the things he said, the truth that he spoke uh, was frowned upon. People didn't like it. The Pharisees certainly didn't like it and they wanted to, to shut him up. And so he stood in the face of all sorts of attacks and, um, you know, the adversity because he stood for truth. And that's our example. And that's exactly what we have to do. And, and the truth um is, is exactly what's at the center of all this with, with what's going on in education. And that's why we named the film that we produce Truth and Lies in American Education, because mm -hmm. it exposes the truth about what's happening, which are the lies that are being fed to children. And so we have to stand with the truth and we have to expose uh, the lies because we know that people are easily deceived and young children um, as you said, are very impressionable. And so they they get young children at, at younger and younger ages. They have them longer in, in the classrooms than ever before. They talk about, you know, going to year-round uh, schools. And it's intentional. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a, a, I don't know if you've heard of the Dear Hillary letter uh, that's actually entered into the congressional record. But when Bill Clinton was elected president, Mark Tucker wrote a letter to Hillary Clinton and laid out a plan for what education should look like in the future. 
And then that was put into place in the early 90s through three federal laws. And it's an intentional agenda. And the, the word, that, the term you probably have heard before came from this letter, and that is cradle to grave. So yeah. they want to be able to control people from the moment they're born until the moment they die. And so in education, we used to say K-12. Now it's uh, P-20W, P for um, preschool, and some even believe pregnancy, um, until 20 years of education, and W is on into the workforce. And that's their agenda, and they're being extremely successful with it. Well, and let me just say, and you are right, they are being successful with it. What I know as a Christian and as a student of God's Word is, uh, Satan is behind all of this. This globalism, this revisionist history, this denial of moral truth, even denial of human biology. Look, the devil wants people to live and die without having heard the truth of the gospel. Satan doesn't want humans to know about Jesus. Satan doesn't want humans to know that our, our need is for salvation. Our problem is sin. The answer is not indulgence or anarchy or lawlessness. The answer is that we admit our sin and we turn to Christ. Now, there's so much to talk about, folks. If you're just tuning in, Alex McFarland here, we're talking with Sherry Few of U.S. Parents Involved in Education. Now, I'm going to give this number and I'm going to queue up the next topic. We're going to talk about transgenderism in sports, high school sports. I played baseball up until uh, 11th grade. And uh, a big part of my childhood was just the innocence of everything from volleyball and kickball to baseball. And uh, now, you know, I, I can only imagine Sherry in uh, high contact sports like hockey and soccer and football, a male with the, the male muscle mass going up against a, a female. And th this is not chauvinism. This is not misogyny or arrogance. It's just a fact. You know, um, I, I wouldn't want my daughter getting, you know, clipped or clotheslined by a male because somebody's going to get injured. Um, are there any clear heads calling out this lunacy, Sherry? Well, there, there have been. Um, and, you know, in the last last year or so, there were several bills in legislatures all around the country. In the state where I live in South Carolina, we passed a bill um, that would protect women's sports. So I was, I was glad to see the activity around that, and there was quite a bit of success. But then in some of the more liberal states, um, like the uh, in Massachusetts, you know, where this incident we're going to talk about occurred, um, they're they, they could care less about protecting uh, girls and girls' sports. And so it, it's a sad state of affairs. And again, I think a call to action for churches and pastors to, to be engaged and get involved. Um, we can't tolerate this idea of uh, equity and diversity, equity and inclusion being paramount to uh, the safety of young women. So... Yes, we, we have to um, stay vigilant and continue to speak the truth about the difference between men and women, boys and girls. We are clearly different. God made us different, and we're different for reasons. There, there are purpose in, in the way he created us. Men were um, created to 
you know, lead the family and, and protect their wife and their children. And I believe that's why God made them physically stronger because they were, they were to provide and protect for their family. And then the woman has her role in her femininity and uh, mm -hmm. in raising her children and caring for the home and, and all of the things that go along with that. And it's how we were created by God. And we need to, to love it because we were also created in him, his image. And we have to respect the fact that God doesn't make mistakes. And, and he made us all beautiful and all good for, for, for reasons. Uh, we're going to take a break, folks. Here's the number. Write this number down, and we welcome your calls. When we come back, we will open up the phones, but the number is 719-619-2341. If you've got a question for Sherry or myself on topic, or we'll take other questions as well, 719-619-2341. Very special edition of Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here with our guest, Sherry Few of U.S. Parents Involved in Education. Stay tuned. We're back after this. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. With practical government, you have experts in the field that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We teach biblical worldview. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. There's no better place on earth to get equipped than Karis. You know, God's not done with us. He's not done with America, and He's not done with you. So many people come into practical government school and they're scared because it's the mountain of government. But you know what? They come out so strong and that is so amazing. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here. Always a privilege to have Sherry Few of U.S. Parents Involved in Education. The number, if you've got a question, you'd like to enter into the conversation, it's 719-619-2341. I also want to say that we've got so much going on with the website, truthandliberty.net. If you want to get the articles Richard Harris writes, Andrew Womack, myself, so much good content, you can go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Become one of our subscribers and get this content so that you can speak up for truth confidently in any situation. And I believe you being a subscriber, it'll keep you on point and enable you to stay effective and fruitful in standing for truth and staying bold and influencing others. Um, Sherry, uh, let, let's talk about some very disturbing video that's come out because, you know, the, the transgender ideology, it's not just confined to the classroom, but um, sports and athletics as well. Um, there's a lot we could say about this, but something that took place in Massachusetts. 
Um, I, I would like for you to cue this up, and then we're going to look at a video. What, what are we about to see, Sherry? So what happened in Massachusetts is there was um, a male player in field hockey, and field hockey is typically um, a female sport, but in Massachusetts, they allow um, males to play in female sports and vice versa if they don't offer it. So there's um, a very strong uh, young young man who was playing field hockey against a bunch of girls, and he he hit the girl in the mouth, and she had serious facial um, injuries and dental in injuries that sent her to the hospital. It was it was very devastating. When you see the film, you'll see. I mean, she fell to her knees. It was had to be excruciatingly painful, and so. Mm. It's just a classic example of why uh, men or young young men who are strong and uh, very physical should not be playing sports against young women. Uh, let's roll this first clip and then we'll commentate. Uh, let's roll the clip if we can. Wow, uh, it's it's hard to watch, and we've got a second clip in a moment. But first, um, Sherry, uh, tell me what what we just saw there. So yes, yeah, so this this young man um, rammed into this girl in her face and just caused her to fall straight to the ground. And mm -hmm. you can see all of the young women that were screaming and covering their face and Horrifying. so it had to it had to look horrific as far as the injury and and it was just total chaos for sure. for several minutes there no one knew how to react and so and she um, she lost teeth she she had facial in this, uh injuries I, I just pray she's not you know scarred or in some way disfigured but i, I guess here's the thing sherry this is all for uh, an ideology, a worldview. I mean, obviously, uh, a male athlete is going to have more muscle mass than a female athlete. Uh, and, you know, rather than protect the safety of young people and the welfare of these girls playing field hockey, uh, they're willing for a girl to get horribly injured just to further an ideology. Th that's just evil. It is. It, it is evil. And so the response of the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association was just that. They said, well, we understand your concerns about safety, but we think that the fact that um, inclusivity is so important, um, it, it's not going to change our philosophy. And, and they even suggested that there was no evidence that intergender sports were the result in injuries, were causing injuries. Uh, that's how they responded to this. And so it's mm -hmm. just like they didn't even, they wouldn't even acknowledge what we all saw with our very eyes. You know, there was uh, some some commentary on uh, 
Jesse Waters, we've got a second clip. Let, let's roll that, and then, then you and I can comment on, on this. But let's hear the, the exchange that took place recently on uh, Waters' world. I mean, I have two daughters. One of them is, is a high school volleyball coach. And um, I, I've seen kids get injured. Injuries are going to happen. Females versus females, males versus males. The severity of the injury is what we have to look at here. And, you know, the, the MIAA um, made a statement. That's the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association. They made a statement in, re in, in response to this. And they said the arguments about safety typically fail because there's not a correlation between mixed gender, mixed sex sports and injuries. Well, if this isn't a correlation, then I don't understand what the word means. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at golf. Similar swing, probably similar ball speed. Men can just hit the ball f faster and harder. There's just, there's just no way around that. And now people's lives are in danger. If this thing hits her in the head in the right way here in the temple, you could have had a homicide on your hands. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's right. I mean, uh, the, in, in sports, some people are going to get hurt sometimes. But like they were saying, the severity of the injuries, because it's just it's not an equal uh, pairing. It's not equally matched competitors. Um, Sherry, what, what do you say to parents? Mindful, folks, this is across the country. Sports leagues, uh, the classroom has for years been a battle of truth versus error. But now in sports leagues and, you know, God forbid, in, you know, locker rooms and changing rooms, what's your advice to parents in light of, of all this, Sherry? Well, again, we don't recommend that any parent have their children in government schools. You know, we're going to continue to see incidents like this. You know, the other issues that we're so concerned about with the critical race theory and pornography in the classroom, um, there, there have been teachers and administrators who've gone on the record um, and said they don't care what laws are passed. They're going to continue teaching these things to children. In fact, um, there was... Uh, a petition that went out that was signed by like over 5,000 teachers across the country that said they would continue to teach um, what it is they're teaching that, that we are concerned about despite any laws that are being passed. So that's why, you know, even though there are, there are good efforts and um, legislatures are making, you know, demands and, and putting boundaries in place for schools and for children, um, even then, there are some people that are just really activists there and they're in the classrooms and they're going to refuse to comply with these laws. It's just it's lawlessness and and children are not safe. So we saw in this situation with um, a young woman getting hurt uh, tremendously. And and so it's it's not safe there. They're not safe in um gender neutral bathrooms. There's incidents where young, very young girls have been raped in bathrooms. So children are not safe on these in these government school campuses. Um, and now, and, and of course, there's always been and, and now it's even worse, the the shooting that's happening, you know, in, in schools, we talked about the, the one yeah. earlier in in the Christian school. So yeah. they're not safe havens for children. 
and especially when it comes to their minds. Their minds are being corrupted. They're being lied to. Um, they're being taught everything um, contrary to what it is we believe as Christians. And, and so that's why they have to get their kids out. They have to find alternative ways. Homeschooling is a wonderful way um, mm -hmm. to educate your child. I know um, parents, I believe, because of society, have become dependent on the government, basically, to raise their children while they're at work. And, and parents are going to have to start making sacrifices if it means, um, you know, one less vehicle in the family or, you know, somehow or another, they have to find a way to afford for one parent to be able to stay home and, and homeschool the children. Or they, if they can afford a, a good private Christian school, that's an alternative as well. But even there, mm -hmm. you have to be careful because oh. uh, the DEI and critical race theory has infiltrated even some schools. I know I've talked with some parents that attend some Catholic schools in our state and and they've asked for my help. And so even in the Christian schools, your your children aren't necessarily safe. Uh, Sherry, do you think some of the some boys are trying to compete in girls sports for scholarship money? <laughs> oh, sure. I would think so. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's many uh, motives for them and the obvious, you know, they can win uh, just like with yeah. uh, the Riley Gaines situation where, you yeah. know, this, this transgender male uh, won the gold medal. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's sad that they, they are taking advantage of this type of deception because it, it, I think in many cases like that, it really is deception. They probably just want the advantage and don't really care about the whole transgender movement. They're just taking advantage of the situation so that they can win. Uh, is there, not that this would make it right, this wouldn't make it right, but has there been talk of a category for trans athletes? I have not heard that as of yet, yeah. uh, but it would not surprise me to hear something like that on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, we, we're so far afield from our, our moral compass, uh, but we're going to go to calls right now. By the way, the number is 719-619-2341. Uh, we're going to go to my home state of North Carolina, Stu in North Carolina. Thanks for holding. You are the first caller on tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. Hey, I just want to say I love the program. Alex, I love what you're doing, sharing the gospel and, and speaking the truth. And just thank God that the airwaves are still open. Thank God for shows like this. Thank God that we still have freedom of speech, even though it's being uh, attacked on every front. So God bless you, my friend. Just honored to be able to call in and, and just encourage you. Well, thank you for listening to Truth and Liberty, Stu. Thank you for that word of encouragement. And yes, everybody, we need to stand for truth and proclaim truth. Pray for America while we have opportunity. Um, Stu, uh, do, you, do you have a question for Sherry Few? Or, or what, what are your thoughts about the moral and spiritual state of our country? Well, Sherry's spot on. And I, I just, you know, there, there's the, the, the confusion that, she's talking about and expressing and, and, and articulating is a rebuke to Christian parents like me to say, hey, I need to make sure I teach my kids the word, that I am discipling them so that they do know what they believe. 
and so that they are part of the gospel solution of presenting truth and love in the culture. And books, Alex, like your book, uh, 100 Questions for Families, amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm eating that up. Just thank you for that. And so God, God bless, bless you all you. for what you're doing. I tell you, um, it's a, it's encouraging. It's a breath of fresh air. And there's still those in the land who have not bowed their knee to bail. Well, amen. And may God grant that we never yeah. do. St- Stuart, thank you so much. Uh, Sherry, what advice do you have for Christian parents like this caller? Well, I, I think it's wonderful that he understands his role in discipling his children. And more parents need to understand that, that, that it is their role and it is their primary responsibility to raise their children and to educate them. And so if, if they are in government schools today and they're listening to your program, I just want to encourage them to, to really seek the Lord about this and, and pray and see what the Lord would show them. Because I think if, if they do that, God is going to show them uh, the truth and then he will begin to give them the grace to do what it is they need to do in order to protect their children from what is being taught in the government schools and so we have to be careful um, not to think that, you know, because I'm doing a great job um, teaching the Bible to them, maybe in the afternoons or, you know, we all go to church, we have a good youth group. We have to be careful to think that that's going to protect them and insulate them, because, as I said, they spend usually far more waking hours in the classroom than they do at home. And so um, that I don't believe that parents should be uh, deceived themselves into thinking that I can't possibly do this. I, I have my job. I have to, uh, you know, pay my bills. I can't possibly homeschool or, or send my child to private school. Your child, God gave you as a gift and, and yes. he expects you to, to provide the uh, discipleship and direct their lives and now that, and the thing is, once you know the truth, which is what you're hearing on this show today, once you know the truth, then you have to make a decision about how you're going to respond. And, and the truth is children are not safe and, and they're being turned away from God. There, there's no room for God in government schools. There's no room yeah. for God in Marxism. And so we see little Marxist communists people coming out of these high schools and colleges and universities. That's why we see them chanting, you know, um, uh, Israel from the river to the sea. And um, it's, it is because of what they've been taught, despite what kind of family upbringing they've had. Now, granted, um, a lot of these could be, you know, from families that, that aren't Christian and and that's going to make it obviously more challenging for them to overcome, um, the lies that they're being taught. Uh, but Christian families need to protect their children. It is their responsibility. It's what God expects. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to go to Texas, one of my favorite places. Uh, Anne, who is a partner, is calling in from Texas. Anne, I want to say thanks for calling in tonight, and thank you for being a partner with Truth and Liberty. Thank you for your partnership. And by the way, folks, if you go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. Now listen to this. Uh, We're asking you to be a part of this movement, this growing movement. And uh, if you would give a recurring gift of at least $5 a month, 
as wonderful viewers like Ann uh, does. And so uh, be a partner today because we've got to stand strong for truth and link arms and do what we can do to help save our nation. Anne, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Well, thank you, Alex, for that generous introduction, for being a Texas person here. I'm just proud. And I'm really proud to be a part of Truth and Liberty, too. I just want to say, if if you're someone who goes to that website and you're getting stuff out of it, well, then you ought to invest in what they're doing so that you can keep enjoying it. That's what happened with me. I realized, golly, I get a lot. I go to that website a lot to sort out the headlines, to be able to have information to talk to people. And I, I just said, you know, I really ought to contribute. So I just wanted to give that little kick for you guys. But I have a question. I'm a retired school teacher, and I'm glad I'm out of the public school system now. But it occurred to me, are they going to start requiring faculty to share the same bathroom like they do students? Mm. Wow. Well, uh, Sharon, well, Sharon that, what do you know about this? Um I, I have not heard anything that surrounds that, but it would it would make sense, wouldn't it? If they expect it for children, uh, you would think they would want the same for the adults. But, you know, the irony of that is if you think about the pornography that's in uh, the government schools, I don't know if you've heard much about that, but there's some really, really horrible um, visual images of pornography in school libraries and parents around the country uh, involved with our organization and others have been speaking out against it. So they, they go into the school board and they read uh, passages from these books that are filthy and, and they cut their mics. They won't even let them speak. Um, and, and our Illinois Pie president uh, for our chapter there, he's taken images from some of these books and blown them up and takes them different places for people to see. So the adults say, we can't hear this. We can't see this. We can't listen to this. And yet it's okay for children. So yeah. there's the dichotomy in that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I saw a film clip where a, a concerned parent was trying to share something that was in a middle school classroom. And from the podium, the moderator said, that is inappropriate. And of course, the question, this begs the question, well, if it's inappropriate for grown-ups to be exposed to, why would a teacher say it is appropriate for a middle schooler to see? Uh, very, very upside down we've gotten when we've turned away from God. And uh, do you have uh, any kind of a follow-up question? Um, not exactly. I just think that it's very um, intriguing how liberals can take one side on an issue, and yet when it comes in their own backyard, they flip-flop. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, you know, in a liberal world, it's uh, this for you, but something different for me. Uh, you know, true for thee, but not for me. I mean, Sherry, that, that's just one of the, the lies of, uh, call it liberalism, wokeism, progressivism, there's one set of rules for us proletariats, but then the elites, uh, they've got their own way of living, don't they? Yes, and what we find is that many wealthy elites and uh, elected officials in Congress have their children in private schools. They can easily afford it, and yet they think that the schools that the taxpayers are funding 
um, are, are adequate for, for everyone else. And yet their children are not being taught in the government yeah. schools. And that's because they know how bad it is. Well, well you know, um, isn't it something how the left, uh, the Democrats and the woke people, oh, they, they champion social justice, equality, equity. And yet for, you know, the uh, we plebeians that are the worker bees, there's one lifestyle, but then they give themselves exceptions. Now, I want to change gears and talk a little bit about the anti-Semitism. And folks, in the weeks ahead, we've got some incredible shows coming up. I'm working up on uh, bringing on a, a colleague, E.J. Kimball of Combat Anti-Semitism. We've had some incredible guests in recent weeks, incredible guests ahead. Um, but here, here's the thing that we hear so much, Sherry, about um, wokeness and social justice. You know, they don't like America. They don't like Mount Rushmore. Not going to salute the flag. They're, we're going to support the indigenous peoples. I, I spoke at the University of Canada at Toronto. That's like the Ohio State of Canada, 50,000 students. And they don't celebrate Canada Day. They celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. All that being said, with uh, the support for the Hamas terrorist. I've asked several, even this week, I've asked some college students and some callers on shows. So you're all about social justice. Um, well, in the case of the Middle East, the land of Israel, why don't you support the indigenous people? Because 3,500 years before the birth of Muhammad, the Jewish people were in that land. Uh, it's the, the Muslims, the Palestinians, uh, just since Islam started in 610 A.D., they're the, the squatters. Uh, isn't it funny? But again, the left consistency is not one of their strong points. But I, I've asked more than a few pro-Palestinian people, oh, my goodness, why don't you support the indigenous people, which are the Jewish people? But um, as I said, Logical consistency is just not something that wokeism and the left uh, deals in much, is it, Sherry? No, they certainly don't. And it's it's really sad. I, I, it's, it's still unbelievable to me when yeah. I see the news and I see these huge uh, crowds of people. Uh, but what's interesting about these people is is they're often their faces are covered. And and we can't see who they are, and yeah. so it it is it is as though they are hiding uh, from from something they may be ashamed of. So I I wonder who these people are. I know, and and I know you know from my heart and the work that I do that they've been indoctrinated from very young ages. By the time they get to colleges and universities, they're already. Uh, indoctrinated into believing that it is their role to be social justice warriors and to then that justice comes at any cost. They, they've been trained to think that way from kindergarten up. And so by and the and the other sad thing for me, and that's why I, I have a hard time even blaming these young people because they've just been all this garbage has been pumped into their heads and they believe it. They think it's true. And so who's to blame? Well, I think largely, um, you know, we have allowed this. We have known, Alex, that the colleges and universities have been rampant 
with leftist ideology for decades. And right. I guess we just all assumed, well, there's nothing we can do about it. We, you know, we'll just let them do it and hopefully everything will come out all right. Well, guess what? No, no, it's it's horrific. What we are seeing, um, these young people that hate our country, they hate Christians. Um, it is sad. It is it is sad. And and we have to pray for for the scales to be removed from their eyes and ears. And mm -hmm. we have got to stop it. And that's why I said earlier, I think policy needs to be to cut the funding. We have to cut the yeah. government funding to these institutions that allow this and teach anti-Americanism in their schools. Sherry, or I hesitate to ask this question because we know the Lord can do anything, but uh, do you fear that we're past a tipping point beyond which America can be saved? I don't think so. And I think that's why you and I work so hard at what we do, because we believe that God and that anything is is possible with God. And so we know and there are, there are many people like us who are speaking out, telling the truth and encouraging people to stand up, to be courageous, to be bold, to get in the fight. And and yes, with God on our side, we can absolutely right the ship. And but but we have to recognize first where we are. In my in my view, we are Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where we are today. And so we have to know that we do have to fight because even God may get impatient with us if we don't stand up and and be his arms and legs and his voice. Give us your website, Sherry Few, Parents uh, Involved in Education, US Pi. Uh, where can people find you online? Yes, so our website is uspi.org. That's uspie.org. And I'd also like to give our film's website. That's truthandliesfilm.us. That's spelled out truth, A-N-D, lies, film.us. It's really an eye-opener expose for anyone who needs to learn what I've been talking about tonight and share with others. Now, you got to pull away. We, we've got another segment, folks, and I'll be taking questions. Call in. The number is 719-619-2341. When we come back, more of Truth and Liberty with your calls, questions, and more. Don't go away. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, he is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? Gospeltruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. 
Tune in Saturdays to gospeltruth.tv business and watch anytime with gospeltruth.tv premium. Visit Gospel Truth TV today for biblical teaching you can trust. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here. So honored that you're watching. This is Truth and Liberty. By the way, I would love to hear from you. We're talking about wokeness in the classroom, transgenderism in high school and uh, elementary sports. If you want to weigh in on this topic or some other topic, you can call in 719-619-2341. Also, let me say this, if you have a spiritual need and you just want somebody to pray with you, or you've got a question about your walk with the Lord, maybe you need to come to Jesus. Maybe you need to come back to Jesus. There's a number for that. And listen, no strings attached. We, we just want to encourage you in the Lord. That number for spiritual help is 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. I want to go to a scripture, and if you've got the Word of God, turn to Romans in the New Testament. And as you do that, let me share something. Uh, I'm going to be, we've got a lot going on in the summer, and oh my goodness, at Karis Summer Family Bible Conference is coming next year, and I want to encourage you to, uh, you know, earlier Sherry was talking about education and colleges going woke. Folks, I've been around the block a little bit, and never in my 30 years of ministry have I been so excited about anything uh, like I'm excited in what I see God doing in and through Karis Bible College. And uh, I'm going to be there uh, teaching in the month of December in the School of Practical Government. But also, folks, uh, listen to this. We have created with Andrew Walmack and faculty from Karis and incredible outside presenters uh, that we bring in like E.W. Jackson, attorney and commentator Abe Hamilton III, David Barton, Tim Barton, Bill Federer. We've got the Biblical Worldview series. And let me encourage you, if you Google uh, Andrew Womack, Biblical Worldview, we've done a number of these tutorials. And we frankly work, I would estimate, hundreds of hours on the Worldview series, a Biblical Worldview response to socialism, racism, biblical view of economics, heaven, hell, and eternity, biblical view of sexuality, true foundations. And I give God the glory. I give God all the glory. But next February at something called the International Christian Visual Media Awards, our biblical worldview series on racism, a, a Bible response to the problem of racism, that's been nominated for best documentary or series. What an honor. Um, I don't know if it'll win. I hope it'll win. But just to have been nominated, what a great honor that is. That shows what God is doing through the quality work and the Christian education of Karis Bible College. Let me encourage you, whether it's for personal growth, personal enrichment, or whether it's in preparation for a lifetime of service for the Lord Jesus, whether it's the School of Practical Government, which is basically a political science and the practical ways for you to get involved. And of course, there's missions and ministry, and there's uh, Elizabeth Murin and the amazing drama and musical uh, goings-on in that third-year program. Karis will revolutionize your life, and it will equip you and so let me encourage you to check that out. But then right here, one thing I'm doing next summer 
I will be at the Cove. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center in Western North Carolina. You can see how beautiful these East Coast mountains are. I'll be there July 12th through 14th. It's my 18th consecutive summer at the Cove to teach the Bible. And when Will Graham invites you to teach at the Cove, you have to teach a book of the Bible. And I've been very privileged in years past. I've taught Daniel and Revelation and Colossians and Genesis. Next summer at the Cove, July 12th through 14th, I'll be teaching 1 John, the believer's authority in Christ, the believer's identity in Christ. And maybe you'd like to to join us. I'll be there. My wife Angie will be there. Join with hundreds of people from all over North America. Last summer, we had a couple from Germany came. But you can go to the website, which is thecove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org. Put my name in the space bar, Alex McFarland. I'd love to see you next July 12th through 14th at The Cove. Well, we're going to continue in the Word. We're going to continue with your calls. The number is 719-619-2341. Going to Illinois, Joe in Illinois. Joe, thanks for holding, and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Joe, I've got to ask you, have you had snow yet in Illinois? We just landed, uh, flew in from Georgia. No snow in Georgia, but they have had snow here already. Um, No snow on the ground, though, thankfully. It's been a long time since I had to drive in that. Wow, wow. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for calling. And uh, what's on your mind tonight, Joe? I heard one of your previous callers, Alex, talking about uh, what's going on in the land of Israel. And, of course, part of the question there. Uh, is whether or not the land really belongs to them. Have you discussed that? I couldn't hear the whole program. You know, we we haven't discussed that yet. And, uh, of course, you know, our position would be that by divine right and by historical precedent, the land belongs to Israel. You know, uh, it's interesting how uh, Psalm 83 talks about uh, a lot of people that fight against Israel— But there's a word in the King James rendering of Psalm 83, the Hagarines, which, uh, you know, the Ishmaelites of Moab, the Tabernacles of Edom, and the Hagarines, and this is Psalm 83, 6, uh, the descendants of Ishmael, the descendants of Hagar. Uh, I understand this, Joe, that in Islam, there is, there's a doctrine of conquering previously held foreign lands, but there's no concept of giving up. I mean, you fight, you fight to the death, but you don't relinquish land. That, that's why, you know, it's always in the cause for ceasefire, Israel is to give up land for peace. Uh, I, I know, notice Palestine is never called upon to give up land for peace. Um, but do, do you have any insights on that beyond beyond what we see and what we have witnessed over the course of history, Joe? Familiar. Uh, my background I lost is you. in Start journalism. Over if you would. Okay. Sorry about that. My background is journalism, Alex, and I work with uh, other journalists all over the world and have worked with the White House in this country. And so I have friends 
who write for Al Jazeera and other organizations around the world. And yeah. uh, one of them sent me something which uh, I had seen before but didn't have the reference. A lot of people aren't aware of the relationship between Islam and Christianity, well, not Christianity, but Judaism, going back to the early centuries. But right. uh, one of the things that he pointed out, even in the Quran, it says that the land belongs to Israel. It's in actually yeah. Surah 5, verses 20 and 21, for any of your listeners who may follow that or know it or want to reference it. Um, right. In verse 20, speaking to Moses, he said, and remember when Moses said to his people, oh, my people, remember Allah's favors upon you that he raised up prophets among you, made you sovereign, and gave you what he had never given anyone in the world, Enter the holy land which Allah has given for you to enter, and do not turn back, or else you'll become it's, – it's, it's hard to translate that word, but basically it means losers if you were to translate it into um, from Arabic. So even in the Quran, it says that the land belongs to Israel, and yeah. that's not something you'll hear on the uh, popular Quran programs. Right, right. Wow. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. Hey, Joe, did you ever hear about shortly after 1948 when, you know, um, Weizmann and uh, Ben-Gurion and Harry Truman, Churchill, uh, Balfour, they were all working to rebirth the nation of Israel. Did you hear about uh, the, the leader of Syria? Nadir was his name. Did you ever hear about that, how he sent a letter to uh Kaim Weitzman and David Ben-Gurion, uh, you know, celebrating the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Did you ever hear about that? I have heard uh, somebody else tell the story. I am not personally that familiar with it. Um, I've, um, I've read it and seen it in, uh, in a book that I helped edit, but uh, don't oh. know a lot of the details behind it, but I do know that that is part of that history. Um, yeah. That um, isn't it, isn't it interesting how that part of the world has shifted over the last few years, um, where yeah. at one point uh, Palestine was Palestine, Palestina, Syria, it was part of Syria, and then as uh, Syria's land mass has changed and shifted over the years, that changed as well. Yeah. Well, let me encourage people. If you go on on YouTube, there's a documentary. It's about 30 minutes. It's not all that long. You can watch it. It's pretty riveting, actually. It was produced by CNN. Uh, I'm sorry, CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, by their news department uh, on the 75th anniversary, which was earlier this year, May 14th of 1948, May 14th of 2023, and. Uh, Nadir of Syria said to the Jewish people at the time of the rebirth of the state of Israel, uh, he said, basically, Syria celebrates this. We welcome back to the land uh, our brothers. And once again, may the children of Isaac sit and break bread with the children of Ishmael. And this is your land, and we welcome you home. So he was one of the good guys, Nadir. And something like six months later, he was, he was assassinated. And so, folks, you've got to understand, among the Muslims, and th this, I really believe, goes all the way back to Muhammad, 
uh, when he was under the tutelage of his uncle, Muhammad went to live after he left an orphanage as a child. He went to live with an uncle named Waraka ibn Nofal. And then later, of course, with Kadijah, his wife, who was older than he, he felt like he was becoming demon-possessed when he was in caves getting these revelations that became the Quran. But I, I believe that this animus, this hatred, this desire on the part of Muslims to not only uh, not acknowledge Israel, but to kill the Jewish people. Uh, I, I think it's demonic. And I, Joe, I, I think that it shows the spiritual battle that we're in. I mean, think about this. I know we've got more callers. The, the Jews represent less than 1% of the world population. This disproportionately small people group, and yet wave after wave of persecution, the animus against the Jewish people, uh, it, there's there's just more here than meets the eye. You and I, those of us that are Bible-believing Christians, we know that the dragon, Satan, this is in Revelation 12, I believe it is, but Satan hates Israel. Why? Because out of the Jewish nation came the one who would slay the dragon, that Jesus Christ, the victor, would crush the serpent's head. That's why Satan hates the Jewish people. That's why from the pharaohs of Egypt to Haman in the Old Testament, Hitler in the 20th century, the uh, anti-Semitism of the 21st century, Satan hates the Jews because from the Jews came Jesus. Joe, thank you for the call. Great call. We're going to go to Virginia. Uh, Bradford in Virginia. Bradford, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you, Alex. How are you doing tonight? I'm blessed. Good to hear from you, Brad. Thanks for listening. Great. So my original question it actually tied into your um your previous guest. And yeah. um you were talking about the the men and women's sports. And I had some thoughts and I was trying to put them into a question, but I guess my question was, is what we're seeing now maybe some backlash or some um, consequences, unintended consequences of the radical women's movement? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Um, l let's give a little backstory. Um, do you remember the rise of feminism in the, in the 70s, Brad? Do you remember that? I'm 63 years old, and for most of my life, I mean, I've, I've studied the the women's movement, and it started out with Susan B. Anthony and women that were godly women that, you know, they, they fought for some rights that women needed to have. Um, but sure. then I remember for all of my life, um, men have been, you know, they're, they're evil almost. They're, they're, they abuse women. They're, and then now uh, we went through a stage where you know, men are stupid. Every commercial you saw on TV, it was the stupid man and anything you can do, I can do better. So that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have more of, a, more of a view on that, but that's where I'm coming from. I've seen that one-sided, um, well, let's face it, Satan takes everything good and messes it up. He took something, Sure. women were, were fighting for something noble and turned it into a war on men. 
Exactly. Well, not only, Bradford, you make a great point, not only a war on men, but a war on the family, a war on childbearing. Now, folks, listen to this. This might be some of the most significant content we can share tonight. I want to recommend a book written by a colleague of mine. I worked for eight years for James Dobson at Focus on the Family. Brilliant, brilliant lady there named Diane Pasno, P-A-S-N-O. She had been a militant radical feminist in the 70s, and she became a born-again Christian, and she wrote a book basically repudiating the feminist movement that she once championed. And the book is called Feminism, Mystique or Mistake? Question mark. In other words, is there this mystique, the empowered feminist woman, or was it a mistake? And she says the feminism that she once stood for was a mistake. Very good book, Diane Pasno, the author. But let me lay a little groundwork, Bradford. Uh, Susan B. Anthony and the women's suffrage movement, women getting the right to vote, of course, it's a fine thing. Um, then uh, the, the care and the rights of women in, in the workplace, uh, fine thing. But what it migrated towards, this is how this kind of wove together, folks. In the immediate aftermath of World War II, the post-war era, in some ways it was a great era in that, you know, the 1950s, there was the, the rise of the suburbs and families, and there was the baby boom. You know, from about 1945 to 1965, there were the baby boomers. Uh, and then after that, came, you know, Gen Xers and Millennials. I was on the tail end of the baby boom. All the soldiers came home from fighting World War II. They got married. They bought a little house. They had a car, and it was great. Let me tell you what was bad about the rise of the 50s and the 60s. And folks, listen carefully. Maybe we will only know the complete story when we get to heaven. But it seems like 1963, Kennedy was shot. Uh, there was a CIA cover-up. Uh, interestingly, the very same day Kennedy was shot was the day that C.S. Lewis died. The 60s, um, all of these philosophies begin to unroll. Militant secularism. 1966, the publishing of a book by Joseph Fletcher called Situation Ethics. So there was this idea that there is no God and there are no moral boundaries. And then the free love of the Woodstock generation, Jim Morrison of the Doors, uh, there is no God, there are no rules, screamed out Jim Morrison. And John Lennon singing, imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us. There was this idea that it is our job to build heaven on earth. Well, as the civil rights movement of the 1960s was rolled out, and that was good, Dr. King, his niece, Alveda King, is a personal friend. I've studied Dr. King's writings at length. But let me say this. Alongside of that came some other groups that said, hey, we want rights of our own. The gay rights movement emerged in the late 60s. Then there was rights of cults and other groups. But the feminist movement, and there were some people that they were not Christians, they had no use for God or traditional values. I think about Gloria Steinem. I think, I think about Bella Abzug and some of the feminist leaders that wanted to free 
females from the shackles of traditional morality. Now, let me tell you who was influenced by that, Hillary Clinton. Do you remember in 1992 when Bill Clinton was running for president and Hillary Clinton just so sarcastically said, can you imagine me baking cookies as if that was beneath her? Now, Brad, to your question, the feminist movement, uh, very famously, Gloria Steinem said, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. In other words, not at all. And yet, even this month, folks, sociologists are crying out. We are heading toward what is called demographic winter. Why? We're not having enough kids. Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk say this, and they're right. The problem is not overpopulation. The problem is underpopulation. We're not achieving replacement rate. Now, let's take this back to transgenderism, and we've got another call but listen to this. Isn't it ironic that the same philosophy that denies God and moral truth, there is no God that I'm accountable to, we evolve. There are no moral boundaries. It's all relative. I make my own rules. So let's empower women because women are unique. Now that same group says, no, women is not even a category. A male can be a woman because maleness is just an idea. Femaleness is just an idea. Folks, do you see how the philosophy cannibalizes itself? The, the feminist movement, to Brad's point, the feminist movement, we don't need God, we don't need marriage, we don't want children, we want a career, uh, straight, gay, heterosexuality, lesbianism, and now along comes transgenderism, this monster that says, there's no such thing as women. Look, I know they would never admit it, but somewhere behind closed doors, the editors at Cosmo have to be saying, oh my goodness, we've committed philosophical and social suicide. Folks, I'm on a little soapbox here, but I'm telling you, the only hope in, we're, we're lost at sea, we're drowning without a life preserver, climb up onto the solid rock, that one sanctuary, that island of safety and salvation. It's God, it's Jesus, it's moral truth, truth that for decades has been suppressed. Brad, thanks for listening. We've got to go to uh, another caller here. Time fleets away. It's just getting good, folks, and we're almost out of time. Texas. Uh, Jonna, Jonna in Texas, thanks for holding. You are our next caller on tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. Yes, thank you for taking my call. A little piggyback off of when you were, the two of you were talking about the school incidents, and while you were talking, we had an incident, and it was actually a drum corps with uh, rapid drumming. But it went on and on and on, and it was so steady that myself and the senior citizen, this is why y'all are having the show. Oh, wow. Myself and the senior citizen that lives here, we thought it was uh, automatic weapon at the school. And we are less than a half a mile from the school. So it was uh, uh, it was quite an awareness, let me just tell you. I'm glad that's wow. all it was. But, you yeah. know, the 
the question is posed, I believe, there on the screen better than I could even go into it because I'm still a little nervous. But it's about mm. community awareness all across our country. And I know that yeah. there is a lot of that going on. But if y'all could just talk about that a little bit, that would be my question is if you could just talk about that a little bit and help people understand how to be better prepared. Because, mm. you know, in our own neighborhoods now, people have automatic weapons for protection instead of 12-gauge yeah. shotguns. Yeah. Just being real and to the point, and because it got real around here just uh, less than 20 minutes ago. Well, you, you know what? I was in a major store a big retail store a couple months ago, and there were, you know, there were people shopping, and uh, I guess some workers dropped a two-by-four, and, and John, this two-by-four hit the concrete floor, and it made this bang, and people just got down, and a lady screamed, and then everybody realized, oh, it was just a noise. But it, it's, it's sad, actually that we're so on edge and so fearful, and, and we've just, um, like, like a, a, a scared animal, we've just been sort of conditioned to believe, oh my goodness, uh, will I be a victim? If I go out in public, you know, will there be a shooting or something like that? We need to return to God and truth. John, let me ask you this. I do have an answer I wanna lay out, but um, are you a part of a church? Yes, and like for me, there was no fear. I'm beyond more than regular church attendance. As a matter of fact, I'm um, standing with in a major way for the things of Israel and Amen. in several prayer groups. And I'm part of um, the Patriot Academy as a constitutional coach. So for more than eight months, I've been doing what I can in the action that has been given me and provided for me in getting people together with. So I'm already plugged into the library here. And by, by the way, forgive me for interrupting, but let me, let me just say this. Grace Life Church, pastored by a Karis grad, uh, Brian Clark, I'll be speaking at their Patriot Academy this month. And uh, folks, I'm not exactly sure of the date, but Patriot Academy is wonderful. And if you happen to be in North Carolina, I would love to meet you when I'm at Brian Clark's church. Uh, Greg Moore of Karis is, is on their board. So, uh, Jonna, when you mentioned Patriot Academy, big thumbs up from me on that, sister. Thank you. So that, that was more why I was hoping y'all could talk a little bit about the community awareness is because for eight months, I haven't been able to get interest around here. So that's why mm. it was really an awareness when that happened is because wow. for eight months, I'm already doing all that in prayer, a vigilant, like the library. And mm. I, I mean, like head librarian plugged in. So like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it got real around here. So just thought sure. if there's some more information about how to get people Energized. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm telling yes. you. Well, well, let, let me say this, and thank you. God bless you. See, you're doing the right things. You know, um, the founders like Benjamin Franklin uh, and even George Washington. Uh, Washington, our first president, said liberty will look easy by and by when nobody has to die to get it. So what they did, Benjamin Franklin said, 
Everybody loves the fruits of freedom, but few are willing to tend the tree that bears the fruits. You're one of the exceptions, Jonna, and I applaud you. Um, and listen, everybody watching, I want to encourage you, what you do matters. Uh, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want to encourage, this might sound a little different here, but hang with me, folks. When I was a pastor of two different churches, what we would once a year have a meal uh, we would take a weekday and we would say to all the first responders, policemen, firemen, EMT, come and lunch is on us from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we would feed hundreds. We would share the gospel. But we would say to the police and the first responders, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, Good Shepherd Church uh, appreciates and affirms you. Then I would encourage you, Jonna, have special sessions at your church. Teach on biblical worldview. Uh, email me. I'll come. My email is super easy, alex at alexmcfarland.com. Seriously, I will we'll come. Uh, sh- do a video series on Wednesday night. Uh, show some of our biblical worldview. Then lead a group in your home. But what we all must do, every one of us, Barna says there are 160 million Christians in America, one-third to one-half of the nation. Well, what we all do, if we all become influencers, and Jonna, I applaud you, but listen to this, folks. Look, don't do nothing because you can't do everything. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. I've invited Muslims to church, and I, I can name at least three that ultimately got saved and got born again. I baptized one not too long ago. I've invited atheists. I've invited gay activists to church, bringing people under the sound of the gospel. Now, none of us can do everything. God doesn't expect us to, but we can do what we can do. All of us can do something. We can pray. We can stay equipped. We can influence others. And that's why Truth and Liberty is here. Folks, I want to say thanks to this great crew, the crew that runs the show on the technical side, our guest, Sherry Few, you the listeners, but most of all, thanks to God Almighty and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us the mandate to reach the world. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.